with the Melanin Rich Beauty Podcast. I am Mercedes, your host, as well as Kay and April. And this podcast, we'll be discussing skin types, um, anything from dry skin, oily skin, combination skin, and stuff like that. So, our first part of the topic, we'll be covering um, the definitions of these different types, which would necessarily be uh, when normal skin, normal skin normally has, it never has, it never feels dry, it never feels oily, um, there's like, there's not much imperfections on your skin, there's no severe sensitivity, um, and you, there's no, there's barely visible pores. Um, when it comes to dry skin, normally you can tell your skin is dry by, um, there's literally no pores at all, um, that's visible. Um, there's red patches sometimes, less elasticity, more visible lines, um, and sometimes a dull, rough complex complexion, sorry. And um, when it comes to having combination skin, um, your pores are sometimes overly dilated. Um, you sometimes suffer from blackheads or shiny skin. Like myself, I have combination skin in my face, so I have um, really oily skin on my forehead and my nose, um, but I'm severely dry everywhere else. So it can be a problem sometimes. Also, when it comes to having sensitive skin, sometimes, you know, some of the smallest things can irritate your skin. Um, so you have to be very careful about what you put on it, that things aren't too abrasive. With oily skin types, you normally have enlarged pores. Um, your skin can either be dull or shiny and have a thick complexion. And they normally suffer from um, acne, blackheads, pimples, and other blemishes. So um, you have to be, you know, extra careful when it comes to oily skin and wh what kind of products to use so that it doesn't, um, if the products aren't too rich, that would cause your skin to, to break out. Um, also, even with dry skin, you have to also be careful because when you suffer from stuff from like eczema and other things with dry skin, sometimes the patches look the same. So you have to, certain, certain things like that you have to look out for so that you know, you know what it looks like and know how to treat it. And I do believe that um, April is now is going to be able to help you guys and give you guys suggestions on maybe products that can help with different types of skin that you have. Uh, with combination skin, you can really choose from the products that say combo or normal on there. There's a guide with all skincare products. Some have for oily skin, some have for dry, some have for sensitive. So it's a good place to start by looking on the packaging and see specifically what that product is for. Uh, with oily skin, you are looking for products that are going to mattify or water-based gel formula type of moisturizers. With dry skin, you can use more oils, but you have to make sure to exfoliate first and exfoliate well in at least 
twice a week. With uh, the sensitive skin, it's best to use products that don't have dyes, fragrances, because it'll break you out. So that's about the just an overview of what the products you should look for or be using for your different skincare types, for your different skin types. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, because even some of the things I didn't know, and I'm normally can fight figure out which products to help with. I mean, but I mean, they have so many products on the market that right. <sighs> it's a lot to go through. I think they're getting good at um, how April was saying how nowadays I noticed that they're really like some brands will even have like their own line for oily and dry and combination. Mm -hmm. It kind of makes it easier for women to determine, you know, what products they should be using because sometimes I feel like a lot of women are using the wrong products on their skin. Absolutely. And yeah. that's, that's hurting, you know, more than helping. I know that there's oily women who are using, like, hydrating moisturizers. And that's, like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to overdo it. So those are definitely products. Anything that says, you know, hydrate or anything, they're going to be really heavy products. And those are geared more towards women who have dry skin. You yep. need very moisturizers that are very light and very thin because your issue is that you're producing too much moisture in a sense but bad moisture so you definitely just want something very light for your skin you definitely don't want something thick that's just going to make you even more shinier and it's going to help the problem not prevent it mm -hmm. okay and also remember like i said um like people like me who have combination um skin in their faces you could also have combination skin on other parts of your body as well so you could be like extremely dry in your legs but maybe your upper body or your arms might not be as dry. So you have to be able to cater to the skin on your body like that. It changes. And especially with age, your skin changes. So you have to be able to, you know, pay attention. And, and, and even with the seasons, because certain seasons, you know, your skin can handle more things than other seasons. So it's best to know, you know, what type of skin you have and how it changes within a season. And pay attention as the years go by because sometimes I was using certain products on my face and I noticed this year that the same product I was using was making me more oily than I was before. So I had to stop using it. Also, so. the skin can become, get tired of you using the same product repetitively. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to switch out and rotate products in your skincare routine. And I wrote an article a while back about the five basic products you should have just to give a general overview of what you should have, but it does, it's not necessarily brand specific. And your skin will get tired of this or that, so you have to switch them. Yeah, I, I have found that sometimes um, I always just say like they become less effective to me, like products that, all, that seem to work well for me in the past just over time they just seem less effective right. and I was also reading and um, it was this article that was saying that you know women can develop sensitivities to things so you may have a breakout and you may feel like I haven't tried anything new but it may be something that you've been using that you know your body actually wasn't sensitive to until recently especially with your body um, like I realized over time that I became sensitive to sodium lauryl sulfate or SLS as people say it is like one of the most popular um, you know for cleansers you know like um, it's in 
almost every body wash, shampoos, toothpaste. Conditioners. Yeah. It's a, it's a foaming agent, basically. Yep. Yeah, it's it really drying me out and making my skin very irritated and itchy. And I realized that after I stopped using those products and switched more to like natural products for my body that I didn't have those issues. I still have dry skin in the winter. That's not going anywhere. But as far as any, any irritation and things like that, I didn't experience that anymore. So you may want to look into products that you may feel like aren't harming you, but they may be. Yeah. And you also need to remember that there are certain products, um, which is probably why I use a lot more um, natural products too, not just because I make them, but also because you have to remember when you buy stuff in stores, um, a lot of the products, the ingredients that they use, it builds up on your skin. The same way how stuff builds up in your hair and you have to clarify it's the same thing can happen on your body mm -hmm. itself. Like you can't certain things has too many. Um, I'm trying to remember what what it is specifically that that word is just not coming to me right now. But it's certain ingredients that are in these products that they don't really wash away. So you have to literally use stuff that unless you're using stuff that that's gonna clarify it at some point. You shouldn't use it regularly because after a while your skin is gonna, you know, get blocked. Like you're, you're gonna notice your skin looking dull. It's not as shiny or it's, it doesn't it doesn't feel the same. And it's because of stuff like that. You're just building stuff up on your skin. Um, I think in that aspect, I think we've covered like the different skin types in that regard. Oh, and I know Kay. Um, I don't know if you wanted to cover the the. The tones on your skin. Yes. Um, I mean, for me, I always tell women there's a few ways. I actually learned my undertone um, when I was going through makeup class. And one of the ways that he told us that we can figure it out, which is it's not a sh like a definite way to figure out your undertone, and maybe April could chime in too, but like he said that like um, usually um, with silver or gold, like whichever um, jewelry you find that looks better on you, usually when you have cool undertones, silver jewelry is going to look better on you because you have more of that cool tone like silver um, to your skin. And with gold, it usually looks well on women that, are, um, that have warm undertones because gold has that warm complex to it. Um, of course, that's not like a definite way to know your undertone, but it definitely helps. Um, and then you can also, I also say with women when they come to me and they say, um, oh, well, my makeup, it looks gray or it looks ashy. It could be because it's too light or it could be because it's too warm. Um, right. And you have, um, no, I'm sorry, excuse me. Yeah, it could be that it's too cool. If makeup, you find it that your makeup, you think that it matches your skin tone, like the color looks pretty close to your skin tone, but you're finding it to be ashy or gray, you may be using too cool of a foundation and you need to use something a little bit warmer, and that's why you're getting that ashy undertone because it's not warm enough for your skin. And with women who find that their makeup is too orange, um, it could be that you're using too warm of a foundation and you need just to use something a little bit cooler because you're adding too much warmth to your skin. And that's why it's not matching your body because your undertones aren't that warm. Um, but then there's also yellow undertones and neutral undertones. And that's when you find that you're not too warm and you're not too cool. Then you'll just fall under that neutral category, and that's kind of like normal skin. You, you kind of, you're not on either side. You're really more in the middle. 
And um, for that, I recommend Lancome. I, that's the only um, brand that I know that actually, oh, and um, I don't know if Mac does. Actually, I think they just do warm and cool. But I know they do that, neutral. Um, they do. Yeah, well, yeah they I, do neutral, warm and cool. Okay, yeah, and I know that if I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. I don't you know her pronunciation sometimes it's off, but Lancome is it is it pronounced Lancome? Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope so because I've been saying it wrong for a very long time. Right? I'm like I don't <laughs> these Asian names and these foreign um, but they do have um neutral, warm, and cool colors. Like they have a a whole range of colors in all three categories. And I love Lancome because they have a lot of colors for women of color and that's like one of the issues that I always faced when I started wearing makeup was that I couldn't find my shade easy because it's like 15 fair skin shades and like four mm-hmm. black shades so um, Lancome is great at that they have so many shades it's my favorite um, foundation for women of color so yeah definitely just use those tips with like if you're seeing the ashy or the orange and the jewelry those are the two things that I use I notice, and I notice with a lot of um, MUAs when you see, um, like, I think it was the lady that did the the girl on Buzzfeed. Oh, like girl. her foundation was so ashy, and I'm just like, how are you like such a no anyway, and you don't know how to match that girl's foundation? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah, she was warm, and that lady was using a cool tone foundation on her. And and it can give you that white cast and also some foundations. Yeah, though they don't do it much anymore, there used to be a time where the foundations would put off a white cast if they had too much sunscreen in them. Or if Mm. the primer had too much sunscreen or the finishing powder was just too white, then it would leave that nasty cast. But I, I suspect hers was from this, that, because if you look when she started the contouring, she had put like concealer that was entirely too, you know, light for her skin on there, mm-hmm. and mixing it in with the foundation made this horrible gray color. She looked yeah, like she was terrible. dead. She definitely looked like she was in the casket. And she looked dead, and it was, and she, and the girl, I, I can't remember her name. Her name um, slips my mind. I can't remember but, either. She was so proud of the work that she had done, and it, it was nothing to be proud of. It, she it dropped disgusting. the mic and everything. Oh no, she it was her makeup brush. It wasn't. Yeah, she, she dropped a makeup brush like you know. She had just no, baby. This is not a sexual chocolate moment. But she tried to make it one. Oh. And it wasn't. I think she really thought that she had fixed the problem, and she still didn't. Yeah. It was worse, and then the, you could see like. Normally when somebody contours, and I am, y'all already know I am not a makeup, like I don't, I'm not good, (laughs) put it that way. And if I can look at your face and see that the contouring doesn't look right, then that's a problem. Because I shouldn't be able to tell those kind of things. Right, and you barely even know. Because I don't know how to contour at all. So I shouldn't be able to look at your job and know that, okay, this this looks off. And she looked off. Like, she looked like she had on too much makeup, the wrong type of makeup, and it wasn't applied properly. So it was just, like, all the nose that was going on, you know, in that video. And I was just like, this they're making this woman look horrible. Like, I can't believe she even allowed them to, to post that. But this is the second time BuzzFeed has been behind her in a makeover. 
and and made her look ridiculous because the first time it was with the hair, and then yes. here we go again with the makeup and you know, I hope I hope she gets paid well. I sure do too because nobody is not volunteer. I hope you're not volunteering to look a mess in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know why. Some people in the beauty world just feel like women of color, like we're like it's just so hard to get us right, because it's not. If you can do um, makeup on a white woman or Asian or light skin, I don't. You should be able to do it on a dark skin woman. It's literally you're just using darker colors. And as a makeup artist, if you don't know undertones, then you shouldn't even be calling yourself a makeup artist, because that's like basics that's like where you start off at i don't even know i wouldn't even start a woman's face if i didn't if i wasn't sure of her undertones right um, other way that i say to um check your makeup is to take a picture with your flash on on your camera because that will save you walking out of the house thinking right. that your matches and it doesn't because the flash will let you know like what april was talking about with the flashback from sunscreen I always tell women to use like a setting powder that's pigment. Translucent powders are notorious for flashbacks. Yes. For darker yes. women, I would not recommend a translucent powder ever. You need to use a pigmented powder to set. Like um, my favorite is the MAC Mineralized Skin Finish. Anything that just has some pigment to it. Lancome actually has one as well. It's a few brands that have um, setting powders that are dark enough for women to and, and Ben Nye has a oh, very su- yeah. surprise people they have a <laughs> large selection not of just banana powders not just you, banana you know powder people think that it's only banana because when YouTubers, when they, um, you know how when they're doing their makeup and they're saying what products they're using, that is all they, they use. Ben Nye banana powder. So I feel like women thought that that was the name of the, um, the, the right, and it's just powder. one shade because they weren't saying, oh, I'm using the Ben Nye luxury powder in banana. They would just say Ben Nye banana powder. So girls are going on Google and they're just doing Ben Nye banana powder, like and that's the, yeah, Ben Nye luxury powder and banana is a shade. Yeah. And I think there's a very wide selection of powders. Very, very wide selection. Um, it actually, I don't even know how to look, look, look at me in the pronunciation again. <laughs> like, but they have a line literally for like women of color, and they have literally like over ten shades of setting powders. And um, Courtney. Well, she's one of my followers on Twitter, and I think she follows all you guys as well. Occasion mm-hmm. Peak mm-hmm. is Nutmeg, which is one of the powders that's um, very rich and very deep and is great for women of color to set with. And she sets her entire face with it, and it looks amazing. So I do encourage you guys to really um, explore more than banana and explore more than translucent powders. Don't let Sephora or MAC sell your translucent powder because they're just trying to get commission, girl. Like, it's not... Use a pigmented powder to set your foundation. Like you I just don't go to any of those places without somebody I know that knows makeup because they would sell it to me, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, thanks, girl," and walk out there looking crazy. So I never go to any of those places without somebody I know who either does makeup or wears makeup regularly. I mean, I love Sephora Mac. Don't get me wrong, and I love the girls there, but you have to understand that. They're not just makeup artists. They're saleswomen. Like they right. have, they have, you know, goals to meet. You know that their managers mm-hmm. bring them first thing and say, you know, we got to meet this goal and sell this much. So there's there's some women who have like 
flat out told me like, you know, I'm, I just wouldn't recommend that for you. You know, it just doesn't. And then there's some women who will recommend you everything that they have on the show, whether they think it'll work for you or not, whether they know your undertone or not, they're just going to try to sell it to you just because they're trying to make their goal. So you have to be careful with that too. And may um, I ask, because I'm not a hundred percent sure, but are all Sephora artists, you know, well seasoned artists or are some of them new with a few months of training or, you know, I, I don't know anything. I don't know much about Sephora and how the artists, you know, are. I know a few that have been there a while, but are right. they all seasoned? No. Um, Sephora hires, I mean, I hate to say off the street, but they hire off the street. Any woman can apply at Sephora and get the job. You do not have to have any training at whatsoever. Um, you don't even ever have to work at a makeup store. So I think women need to also understand that as well. That's terrible. Because um, I get a lot of women who come to me and they be like, oh, well, a Sephora makeup artist told me to do this, or they told me that that's not good for me, or they told me to use this. And most of the time they get it right, but at the same time you have women in there who they don't have, they have as much training as you. They have as much professional training as you. You don't have to be a certified um, or licensed makeup artist to work at Sephora. You don't have to have any training. Sephora does do in-house training, but for the women hired during the holiday season, they don't even do that. So, um, oh, wow. and you don't even get your training until like, um, like a few weeks to maybe a few months after you start. And then that's when they'll start having the brands, like um, reps from the brands come in and then they'll kind of do some training for you. But, and I know this, I'm speaking firsthand because I applied at, Sephora, but I didn't take the job because I got another job, but I applied at Sephora and went through the whole process and I asked a million questions because that's me. And I was surprised to know as well that they have girls in there who are not professionals. And they didn't have any training. So, I mean, because it wasn't Sephora, but actually at Ulta, Ulta is the same way. There was a girl that literally just told my sister, I don't know, like I really don't know a lot of, a lot about African-American products to recommend you anything and I thought that was just the craziest thing ever why are you working at a makeup store and you you gonna just flat out told my sister that she didn't know how to like she just didn't know enough about African-American skin tones to be able to recommend her anything and I just thought that that was just completely ridiculous that you could get hired you know with so little of a training that you literally don't even know how to help an entire race of people that just I, completely blew my mind I think makeup counters and beauty, you know, mass stores like that are perfectly fine with the sales reps not having any any experience with African American women. It seems to be a trend because, you know, even in the fashion world, the mm -hmm. makeup artists don't have any training. They act like they don't have experience and they don't even have the correct foundations to use. On models, so I think it's just become the standard across the board that you know, and we really don't have to pay attention to them, and you know, they're never properly trained for it. It's not. Um, it actually, uh, um, I forgot what model it was who actually, you know, you know, yeah, did she a, said a blog she brought post. her own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the makeup artist, and and they were saying that that's actually that's not uncommon that a lot of makeup artists will tell women of color to bring their own foundation because they don't they don't have their shade and I don't that's just completely just blows my mind. I don't understand how that's okay. That's not okay to me. Um but I say that to say this, I don't there's like a lot of great Sephora artists and make 
Mac artists. I don't want to generalize them all as not knowing what they're talking about. But like I said, just be aware that you may be dealing with a woman who may not know what she's talking about. And I think you'll kind of get the idea of that, you know, once you have a little bit of, and that's how we're doing this whole podcast. So women can go out there with a little bit more knowledge and confidence and going into Sephora and Mac and other makeup um, stores so that you can kind of know if someone doesn't know what they're talking about because you know what you're going in there for. Um, so you just won't just be, you know, the blind leading the blind. That's what it sometimes ends up being. Right. And especially at Mac with the, uh, what's the, what's the famous one? Foundation NW, Shea? Was it NW45? Is it NC45 or NW45? Is it NC? I'm not sure. I know it's 45. It was, it was NC45. Yep, NC45, everybody. Because they tried me too. Me. Do you? I've me. gotten NC45 before. <laughs> I've like, gotten it before. Really? And it's like, really? Yeah? Hmm? I was Wait, like, they told you NC45? I've gotten NC45 me. before. I came home with a sample. Oh, okay. wow. That just must be their black go-to shade. I remember when I was trying to get the MAC mineralized. They told me a lighter shade, too, and I'm just like, this is this is way too light to sell with. Like, And I'm a makeup artist, like, and I, I kind of like don't even like to like just put it out there first, because I kind of like observing other makeup artists. And it's just like, a lot of times, like I said, there's like a lot of, especially MAC, I think I'm, I, I, I am going to just admit that I like MAC makeup artists more than Sephora. Um, I mean, they but, have experience. Yeah, they do. So, they but do. I, I do. I do kind of sometimes are like, I know, I'm just going to be like, why are you even working here? Because she was just giving me shades, and I'm just like, this isn't my shade. Like, I think it's a bit unfair to have a store like Sephora where they sell so many different types of beauty products, and you have people who is working in there who don't have knowledge. To, it's kind of like going into Best Buy trying to buy electronics and you're asking questions and the person can't answer your question. Like, you're supposed to be trained. Right, a lot of people like, at Best Buy are trained, you know, they in have like departments. Squad. Yeah, uh, they're trained. Like, even, not even just Geek Squad. If, if When you go to Best Buy, they work in specific departments that they're each trained in. They don't, right. work, they don't go around yeah. the whole department. Right. They don't go and around I, the whole work, store. Right. So I, I don't understand how you can work in Sephora and not be trained in the department that you're in. Like, that's crazy. They have too many. I think they have a product overload. I think they, can, they I do. honestly think they carry too many brands. I you went know, in like, there once and I I literally had an anxiety attack and I left. And that was my first time going. <laughs> it was so much going on. I yeah. stood in there. I looked around and I said no. And the next time I went, I went with a friend of mine and she's a a, a makeup artist and I went with her. And she sat me down and did stuff. Like, I literally never go to these stores unless I'm going with somebody who deals with makeup. Because at least I know that somebody that I trust is with me. Especially, you know, finding out that Sephora don't really hire people that can help me. So well, I always you know, go with somebody else. That Sephora actually does have different, like, assigned areas. They do. Because I, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, you can talk. Oh no, go ahead. They, but I was just saying that they do. They do. Yeah, have, they have. Uh, um, they call them worlds. Um, they have fragrance. They have skincare. Um, and then the makeup area is called the world of color. And then they have cashiers. So, and they tell you in the interview like, what world would you like to go to? The thing is, you can never start off in color. You have to either be a cashier, you have to work in fragrance, or you have to work in skincare. And then I guess through 
you know, over time, you know, a few weeks or months or however when they feel like it, then you go to the world of color and you actually have to perform um, a demo and they basically accept you into the world of color. So I just find it, you know, it's like a video insulting. game. Yeah, but I almost find it insulting that, you know, you can't even start as that and you have managers who approved women to say, okay, you're ready to be in the world of color, but these women haven't even proved that they can handle all skin tones. To me, like I said, you're not a makeup artist if you can't do, you know, um, makeup on a black woman. That's just like if I worked at Sephora, if I didn't know how to do makeup on a white woman, they'd probably fire me because oh, it's yeah. like... And I, and I know but how on the to flip side, no But <laughs> on the flip side, if there was a white artist in there that couldn't do makeup on a black woman, she could retain her job with no problem whatsoever. Yeah, but she, yeah they, they she just got you, off. Yeah, yeah, they send you right out the door, though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, there, there's plenty of there's plenty of those in there that doesn't that have no clue how to you know recommend shades for and I to me for white women I'm nowhere near white very black and it's very easy for me to do makeup on a white woman so I don't I don't know on the flip side why is it more difficult for them I don't know I I think honestly I feel like a lot of brands and a lot of makeup artists honestly just don't care and it's kind of just like what April said, they don't care that a oh, makeup artist doesn't know how to do skin on a black woman. Like, honestly, that's not even really their target audience. It's the general tell, consensus of most um, beauty companies. Yeah. You, you, you it's can the tell it just trickles down the, you, the pipe line. You at can this tell point. by the brands they push. Like, I mean, not the brands, but you can tell by the products they push. Like, we get one product that works for us every 10 new products. Like, it's yeah. just so many times they release stuff, and I'm just like, okay, well, you know. And even though I like, I'm not going to even try to rag on Mac because I say that they're one of like the best brands for uh, women of color. But there's sometimes there's like collections where I'm like, okay, well, I can't, you know, really use anything in this collection. But the eyeshadows, like the Cinderella collection, I oh, love yeah. Cinderella. That was my favorite, you know, movie as a child. But literally everything in that collection was for white women and very fair white women. And I kind of get it because. You know, Cinderella, her character was white. I mean, but come on, Brandy did Cinderella, so we, we should have got something, you know? And I just feel like mm -hmm. we should never just keep getting snubbed. Like, why are y'all releasing five bronzers and none of this is dark? None of them are dark enough for a black woman to use. Like, I mm -hmm. just put a bronzer, bronzer and it just blends into my skin. It's just like, okay, well, that is going to me. And I'm not even the darkest of dark-skinned women and... Me, Mercedes, me, like, <laughs> so like, I know brown. I'm having issues. I know I could only imagine what women who are even darker than I am go through. Like, it's it's insane. Like, but like I said, it's it's literally the entire beauty industry from the is. top, yep. and, it and it trickles, trickles all down. the way down. Yep. So yeah. I can I'm just never that surprised. And I know we kind of veered off subject, but I think that this is also really important because I don't even think that some people realize going into places like Sephora that people aren't even trained for that. Right. So they're going in there, you know, probably not knowing either, thinking that they're being sold things and being recommended things that putting their life in their hands that this and person automatically is to know and right. you walk through the door with random stuff that you probably shouldn't even be putting on your face or your body because this person might not know a damn thing about skin or makeup or... And I read an article where they were saying that bloggers and other, dig quote, digital influencers were pushing product 
and consumers were coming in the store asking for it, and the sales reps don't say, hey, I don't think this is going to work, and they let them walk out with it and hope that they just don't return it. Yep. You know, and I think of products like the um, brow gel that everybody is raving over, Anastasia Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I think of products like that. Someone who knows absolutely nothing about makeup is not going to be able to pick up one of those eyebrow gel pots and go to work. Which They're is why not gonna I be able to do it. have not spent money on it because I'm still learning how to, you know, properly shape my eyebrows or do mm-hmm. it however, and I'm just not willing to spend $42 on something that I literally have no clue how to work yet. Like, it's just, I'm not going to do that. And the they, tutorials that yeah. I see are not consumable. They're not you know, you can't really, they're not, you can't comprehend what's going on even in these, because I notice it on Instagram a lot, you'll see somebody going in fast motion and warp speed, putting it on and blinking their eye and then they're done. And people love it and go buy it and can't even do it. Yeah, you're totally right. And, and I mean, if you go in, in Mac or Sephora and you ask like, hey, can I get the Anastasia? Can I get the dip brow? And dark brown, the makeup artist is nine times out of ten just going to say, sure. And right. she's going to pull out the drawer and she's going to get you a dark brown. She's not even really going to look at you and be like, hmm, actually, I think maybe ebony or, you know, even a different color may work for you. They kind of right. just, you know, so, and then, like, a, a lot of the times I'll get women who are, are like, um, you know, they'll ask me, like, my specific shade in something. Like, they'll be like, oh, well, what color are you in? Because I always, like, my favorite foundation is NARS Sheer Glow. So they'll ask, like, what color are you in NARS Sheer Glow? And I'm always a little hesitant to tell them because I feel like they think that we're the same skin color. So they right. just want to go out and get that exact color. And what I try to tell them is there's just no way that you can look at me through a screen and match me because I'm using filters, I'm in different lighting, you know, so you can never be like, oh, because there's been times when I first started literally years and years ago when like YouTube first got, and I remember this girl, um, I felt like she was the same color as me, it was when Mac Matchmaster just came out, and I got the color, and I looked it like I was dead, like it just was not my color, and I was just 100% sure that it was, and it's just not good like that. So you definitely can't go off of those things, and I think that what women need to realize is YouTube is kind of more of like more of a guide, but you have to go in there with some experience. YouTube isn't makeup classes, you know? Right. It's not, and that's why I said I actually want to start doing makeup classes because that's when we really get down to the basics, and I'm telling you why I'm using this and where I'm using it at and why I'm using it there. With just a tutorial online, yeah, like April said, we're skimming through things, we're cutting off, we're editing, we're chopping, you know, we're making it. Because I think YouTube videos can only, can um have to be like under 11 minutes or you have to pay. And most YouTubers just make it less than that. And there's a lot that you aren't seeing, you know, and it's a lot that you just don't even know why they're using it. And it may not even be a product that you need to use. Right. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, you may have really beautiful, normal, clear skin. And if that's the case, then you just need a light foundation, if a foundation at all. But you could be watching a woman who's using, like, the heaviest foundation that Matt carries, and you go out and buy that, and it just looks way too cakey because you don't need that much coverage. So, and they're not telling you that because in most of the videos, they don't even talk. Or they're just right. like, I'm using match, 
Um, I'm using this foundation by MAC. I love it, you know, and since you love them and you love how they look and you go out and buy it and that's not even a foundation that you should be using. So are they maybe you may be dry but they're using a concealer that dries matte when really you need a creamy concealer. So right. those are just things that a YouTube tutorial is not gonna tell you. So you have to just be a little bit more um you have to go into things with a little bit more education and that's what this podcast is for. Yeah, because I'm telling you, as black women or women of color, period, there isn't a lot of help. Like, yeah, we can say there's YouTube, but like I said, as a person as myself who is still, you know, a beginner in the makeup game or whatever, YouTube is not for us. Mm -hmm. Like, it no. just isn't. You, you, you're not going to call a tutorial, beginner tutorial, and there's 40 products that we have to use and 13 brushes. Like, I just... I don't, because I just be looking at the videos, I'm like, what is, get the MAC 13 brush and the 40 sets, I'm like, girl, I don't know what you're talking about right now, like, you have, and I think what a lot of people don't understand is, when you're teaching somebody, like, when you are, when you're accustomed to really teaching people, you have to treat it like you're teaching a kindergarten class. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that people are slow or stupid or whatever, but you have to go from, like, the beginning and work your way up. Like, not everybody's going to learn the same or whatever. Yeah, some people might catch on quicker, but you have to attribute the fact that, okay, well, I know there's people who treat it like somebody knows nothing. And right. you start from there. And I treat think it like you're teaching know. a foreign language because it, right. it's a foreign language, you know? So <laughs> Absolutely. Like, with a Spanish teacher, she's not going to, like, say that, you know, okay, today we're going to learn in Spanish because that's kind of what you have to realize, like what you're saying because... I, I say all the time, like, oh, I don't, I don't say, oh, I'm going to use a concealer brush. I'll say Mac 219, you know. And women are like, to to women who know nothing about makeup, that's Spanish to them. Like, okay, so what is the 219? Like, what is that exactly? You know, so it, that is the thing to me. Like, I'm on YouTube, but I definitely like, I don't even pretend that YouTube is to me it's more of I use my YouTube as a guide. That's what my online makeup class is gonna be for the women who are actually just now getting started. But I agree with you guys. I don't think that YouTube is a great place to get started. Um you if you use makeup, I mean YouTube as a place to get started, you're gonna have a long, bumpy road ahead of you before you realize that it's a lot of products that you've spent, you know, fifty and forty and thirty dollars on that that you didn't need. Yeah. Right. You're gonna right. waste a lot of money. And, and a lot of times, and you're going to have a lot of bad pictures on Instagram that you yeah. have to delete later. So or on them even... club sites with all of the club pictures when they take them bright flashes and your foundation Five stops here. Five days, nights, or whatever it is. It's like, oh, you don't want to be yeah. on them again. Because that flash is a tell-all. That flash is like the scariest thing ever in the makeup world. Cause... It'll tell all your secrets. <laughs> oh. Yes. That flash is very unforgiving. So... Super, and I. Like mm. It's like a HD camera. It, it tells, it's going to show everything. So right. that's just things that you really need to be aware of. Okay, well, I'm I'm pretty sure that the listeners will be happy to learn some of this stuff, and I think we've covered a good bit on that segment. So now we're going to move on over to the question and answer segment because um, we had a couple questions from people who were you know just wanted I guess a little bit more information on some stuff that they were doing and one of the questions was what are good products to control very oily skin when wearing a full face of makeup you want to take it Kay or you want me to go first 
Um, you can you can take it. I've talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, for oily skin, first of all, you want to make sure that you. I want to go back because you want to start with a good skincare routine that you've used products to pull the oil. I like products that contain AHA, retinols that are gonna you know keep the face clean. From there, make sure that you're using a primer that is specifically for oily skin because if you use the wrong primer, it's going to make your foundation slide off your face. But once you have the makeup on and you're trying to maintain all day, rather than using a translucent, a translucent or an HD setting powder, just take some blotting papers and blot those oily spots throughout the day and just keep a pack in your purse handy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you don't want to keep putting all that, that setting powder on, uh, you know, throughout the day because it's all just going to cake and it's yeah, going to look worse than it's going to look worse than shine from the oily skin. So just take some blotting paper and just yeah. um, there's one brand that makes blotting papers that contain charcoal. They're miraculous. You can you can just Google blotting paper charcoal and you'll see. A couple of brands come up and you can really just pick and choose from there yeah I, I definitely say set right after you finish your makeup but definitely don't use product to fix any oilies that may be coming like any oil that may be coming through your makeup you definitely don't want to keep putting more and more powder over and mm -hmm. over and over because like just think about it if you mix powder with oil what what happens you know it cakes it turns like to mud almost and that's mm -hmm. like what it's going to do to your makeup and like what April said, a lot of what, um, you know, great makeup with oily skin, it starts with skin care. So um, you, you need to wash your skin and have it um, oil-free before starting your makeup, period. Like you have to really focus on your skin care with oily skin. Um, I know some women who just, you know, they feel like because they took a shower earlier and they washed their face and it's later on, it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and, you know, when my face is clean, it's like you need to wash your face directly before starting makeup. Yep. All and that exfoliate. Yeah, all that oil that's just sitting on your face. If you If you are sitting in front of a mirror getting ready to start your makeup and your face is already oily, it's wrong. Like... You should yep. be starting makeup on. Your face should look oily because it should be freshly clean, so all the oil should be off of your skin. Um, and you need to start that way, and that way you can prevent it. But if you already have oily on and, you're, and now you're trying to put more products on top of it, it's just a recipe for disaster. Yep. And Scandinavia makes a good um, setting, sp uh, setting spray. Actually, mm -hmm. a couple of brands are coming out more and more with the setting sprays. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, that you can get 12 hours out of Scandinavia's setting spray for oily skin. Jump on top of that. Okay. Well, I hope that helps. Um, the second question is, um, this lady tried for the first time, um, she was trying using flexi rods. Um, her curls only lasted a few hours, so she's trying to figure out like suggestions on... Um, what products or what she can use to help her curls last longer. Um, I probably can answer this best. Um, when it comes to styling your hair when you're natural, um, you that's something you kind of have to play around with. There's a there's lots of different like holding products. 
anywhere from like um the Echo Styler gel, um yeah, aloe vera gel. Um what else? Then there's even like Shea Moisture products that do have holding, but unfortunately, you're gonna have to play around with some of these um holding gels because they like I said, they don't work for everybody. Some of them flake. Some of them work really well. Um, I personally use the Echo Styler Gel. I think there's the pink one for like curly, coily hair. Um, I use it when I'm um, styling my hair, like when I do my twists or um, even if I'm doing flexi rods or um, perm rods, I just put a little bit on it right before I put it on, and it helps keeps like my hair from getting fr frizzy, and it helps keeps the curls as well. So it um, also check to see you know products that might be that's not too heavy depending on the type of hair you have. So if you if you know that your hair isn't super thick, make sure that whatever holding product you use, you might you might have to start using like a mousse or um, something that you spray on instead of like a heavier gel type because that might weigh down your hair but it's not going to keep it curly. So um, like I said, depending on your the, the density of your hair or how thick it is, um, you should be able to try anything between like the Echo Styler gels or like the mousse types or a spraying hole in gel. But look into different ones because you're probably going to have to try a couple before you get the right one, unfortunately. We've all been there. I'm also um I was reading this natural this natural hair ball is really popular and they said that like certain women find um that they get better results but I think it just varies by women mm -hmm. like if they start on dry wet or damp hair so um I've noticed that when I like because I try to actually just wear my hair natural. I am natural under this weave but I try to actually do natural styles and I found that my hair. Uh, with bantu knots and flexi rods and braids out, braid outs that I had better results when I did it more on like damp hair, a little bit closer to dry than wet. Because at first I was starting on like soaking wet hair. Number one, my hair is oh. way too thick. So it never was dry. Um, and I just got really bad results. So you may, um, whatever type of, you know, if your hair, if you're starting on dry, wet, or damp, maybe you want to try changing that around too and see maybe if that helps. Definitely. Because the thicker your hair is, the more you need to let it dry out before you do certain hairstyles because your hair will never dry, especially if you're doing bantu knots. Because if you do your bantu knots and you have thick hair, your hair will be wet for three, Girl, four days and I it will never day. dry out. <laughs> I was a day at like nine. I woke up for work at like seven. I'm like, okay, it's been over eight hours. I know and know. I took it out and it was it was such a failure. And that's the worst thing in the world when you don't have no time. You got to get ready for work and your bantu knots. Yep. Look a mess, and you just have no choice, but you just know it's gonna be a horrible day because your hair looking crazy. Your hair is looking crazy. So Absolutely. yeah, yeah. That's why I said on the weekends. Try it on the weekends. Yeah, that's why I said it. All it has to depend on you know your hair because there's a lot of women um who doesn't when you see people talk about hair or even look at um natural hair blogs or whatever else, all you ever see is, you know, 3C, 4A, da 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 4C don't get no love. Not even just that, but they don't talk about hair density. They don't oh, talk yeah, yeah. about the stuff that, like, really matters because you can have, you know, coarse hair, but it's not thick, like me. I have, my hair goes anywhere. My hair is anywhere from 3C to 4C. 
damn near. And it's not, I don't have super thick hair. So mm -hmm. I can get away with certain things that other women who have thicker hair can't. But then on the other end, when it comes to volume, that's where it comes a problem for me because my hair does not, like, it doesn't go, it doesn't poof out mm -hmm. as much to say as other women hair might be. So I have to be careful with certain products that I use because I, it can be, I, I got to cover the fact that my hair is dry, but it can't be too heavy because it's going to weigh my hair down. So it's a balancing game that you have to play, and that's another thing of knowing the type of hair that you have. So, yeah, you might know you're a 3C, 4B, or whatever else, but how dense are your hair follicles? Like, you need to know that as well because you might be using products that's totally drowning your hair out because it said, oh, it's for dry hair, but it might not help you. What? So there's, so I would suggest also looking up um, information on hair density just for you to find out, get a good, you know, input or just to try and figure out to know what type of hair that you have in that way because that also helps when you're looking for products. So, you have something, somebody else no. to say something? Oh, okay. Okay, I think, I hope that answer helped. And another question we have is, this lady says every time she wears eyeliner, it stays on for days. What's a good remover for the eye area? Do it yourself or store bought? Oil. Oil is the best makeup Oil. remover for me. Yeah. Oil. Now I know, <laughs> I know everybody is against coconut oil, mm. but you don't have to use it as a moisturizer. You use it as a makeup remover. Like double cleansing, you mm -hmm. can double cleanse with a cleansing oil or you can double cleanse with coconut oil. Just rub it on, and it's gonna all of it's gonna slide right off. Vaseline works. I um, like grapeseed oil, and I like um, I would say lavender oil, but my main one is grapeseed oil. I like grapeseed oil. Grapeseed oil um, is great because it's light and yeah. it's um, it don't clog your pores. Um, I use my oil cleanser from my business, so um, hey, even better. Yeah. And I, that's all I use to, I use it to clean my face, and I use it to remove makeup, and it I works think, wonders. I think any oil will do for Me too. Uh, breaking down the makeup, because you're going to follow up by cleansing. So right. if you're going to follow up with it, it, it really doesn't matter what oil you use, right. as long as you, you know, do step two thoroughly. Right. Yeah. And makeup wipes, not going to cut it most of the time, so don't just... Neutrogena makeup, makeup wipes are good. I do, I do pack. like Neutrogena makeup wipes. The blue pack, yeah. Yep. But I do find that I still have to. I mean, I still have to wash my face, and um, when I'm doing that, I find that I still always have a little bit of leftover makeup. Now, granted, yeah. I do wear full face of makeup, so right. of course, the lighter the makeup, the easier it is going to be to take off. But right, I have to. I got to use like two and a half wipes if I want to get all my makeup off. So I just stick to oil. It's mm -hmm. cheaper. No, I can no, literally no. just use like a dollar amount of oil in my hand and rub it on my face, and it gets and, the job done. And it gets it all off, so yeah. you know I don't have an I don't have an issue with that. But yeah, um, and like I said, she can you cannot you can literally just go and buy oil in the store. You don't need to spend a whole bunch of money on just getting makeup off your face. You can like April said, you can get the coconut oil or you can get the grapeseed oil. Both of them are in in the grocery store or Walmart, so. You're fine either way. Um, yeah. But yeah, grapeseed oil is a little bit more expensive. A lot I of it, heard someone uh, say baby oil. Have y'all ever heard of that? 
Babe, I've never used baby oil, but I don't I mean, know, I, I never. I'm so scared to put baby oil anywhere near my face. I don't. I don't have a problem with baby oil. I don't have a problem with petroleum-based products at all. I'm. I'm. I'm rare with it. I know that some people do, but I don't have a problem using baby oil to oil cleanse or you know just to do that removing the makeup. And I know a lot of people are gonna have a problem with it, but I don't. Right. So, in other words, what she's saying is it works for her. Right. So if you want to try it, I would suggest trying it in a small section of your face to see how. I don't it think works. I do baby oil around the eyes though, because it has mm -hmm. perfume in it. They do have uh, fragrances in it, and you don't want right. that stuff to burn. So just right. stick with the coconut oil. Mm -hmm. And if you're afraid of the breakouts, then buy some fractionated coconut oil. How do you guys yeah. feel about mineral oil? I don't have a problem with mineral oil. I mean, I use, I have used products with mineral mineral oil in it. Um, I think it just depends because, like, mineral oil is one of those things too that can block your your pores and stuff. Like, it, it kind of like sits too on your skin. So they're like, excellent. It, they're excellent barrier products. Yeah, yeah. So it, you gotta be careful with that like I, I mean it'll like work when you want it to do whatever with certain things but yeah it literally it will block a lot of things on your skin as well yeah so yeah. that's just something that you got to be cognizant of when you use those kind of products I asked because um it's always like in the skincare world this like huge debate over if mineral oil is good or bad and it's like articles you know, that's going both ways because when I first um because when I told you guys about my skin being sensitive um, one of the things that they did say that um, besides SLS was mineral oil and they were saying that it, like it basically uh, prematurely ages you and um, oh, it's just really no. bad for your skin and then it was like another article that was like that's just completely untrue and no it's not but and then I noticed that like a lot of natural companies they always like put the emphasis on no mineral oil you know like you know like alluding to that it's a bad thing like they make well, the sure reason they say that. The reason that a lot of companies are doing that now is because they're trying to push the other products themselves that don't have it, which will cost more money. Mineral mm -hmm. oil is cheap, so a lot of companies use it because it's that cheap. So right. now that they're transitioning into trying to you know, do all these all-natural products and healthy and all this other stuff, they're going to sell it as, oh, we don't have any mineral oil in this product and blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, buy this. Because it's going to be more expensive. And like I said, mineral oil, like I said, I've used products for years that had mineral oil in it. I didn't really have much issues. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, mineral oil is a is an oil that will block stuff yeah. from your skin. So like I, I think said, it's good to use on definitely on clean skin. Mm -hmm. Because then it's not blocking anything bad in there. But if you're using it on skin that's not clean, then you're... Like what Mercedes is saying, you're going to you're going to trap in the bad stuff, you know. So you have to be careful of that. But I find that in the winter, petroleum works great for me because I need something that's that's going to really like coat my skin, basically. Because and it's yeah. great for like when you like in the winter time when you wear like for me, I'm a person like I said, I have really dry skin. So in the winter time, I I base my skin like nobody's business. So if you're gonna use something like a mineral with a mineral oil in it, your best bet is to put other stuff on. Like I will use like a water-based product 
and then an oil base over it. So use a water-based product and then put the product with mineral oil in it over it because that's going to seal everything. It's blocking everything else, but you're going to seal that bad boy in. But okay. if you put the mineral oil product on first, it don't matter what you put on after that because it's not going to get past that mineral oil. So put whatever right. you're putting on first because after the mineral oil, you're not going to be able to get everything else on your skin because it's, it's blocking everything else out. Right, gotcha. So, yeah, I hope that answers her question. And I think the last question we had was, um, oh, yeah. Where would you re recommend someone who wants to get into, I guess, starting makeup? Like, she's a, a beginner in makeup, and she wants to basically know, like, how should she start or which direction she should go. As far as what products she should be using? Yeah. Honestly, um, I... I don't know if April wants to take it, but I couldn't really recommend her anything without knowing her right. entire. That's, that's like that's a whole other show, honestly, because right. there's so many different products that you'll need to start off with. I mean, we can tell you the basics that you need a foundation and a concealer. You want one lip balm. You want a, a couple of lipsticks. You want some blushes, bronzers, an illuminizer, a highlighter. Like I can go for hours of what you may or may not need. But it's really one of those things where that's that's a whole episode within itself. Yeah. And I think we did plan on doing one sooner or later, but that's definitely something that, you know, you just like, it's just, it's just too much. That's a very long <laughs> question. We don't have the time to cover it. Yeah. yeah, it's loaded. And I think, too, because I, I, I'm, I'm reading back the question, and... um. She's like saying, like, wait, I guess which direction to start. Even that, I'm not really sure how to answer that because, well, because I don't know if she wants to have more of a natural face or she wants to do more of a full face. I'm assuming natural since she's just now starting right. off. Right. Like April said, I don't want to say, oh, you need a concealer, but she has very clear skin. She doesn't need a concealer. So, you know, right. it's kind of like, right. you, you really got to know, you know, a lot about the person, especially skin types, too, because, you know, we're talking about primers, but it would be good if we could tell her, okay, but you need a mattifying primer, you know, something that's going to hydrate you because of skin type. Also, that's the thing with women, that's, like, a good point. Um, when you're going into a store, you're trying to get any advice about makeup and things like that. Um, you should know your skin type and you should know your undertone so that you could better help them in case they need some help. Because we just talked about, like, the girls in Sephora and them. They really don't know. So it's great if you go in there and you say, okay, I'm oily, but I need a foundation. Don't let them guesstimate because sometimes they may be wrong. But if you know that you're oily, you can't go wrong because you know, like, they know now that they need to try to recommend you some of the foundations that's for oily skin. So when you're asking questions like that, always include your skin type because you can't really get – I really can never um, recommend – Anytime someone asks me a question on Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram um, and say, you know, oh, what foundation should I use? I always have to ask a question back, and that's what's your skin type. I can't recommend yeah. anything without knowing that. Right. Need to know that. Bottom line, I need to know if you're oily combo, whatever so, I need to know. And I also, and honestly, when I, when I go to recommend foundations, I also need to know your skin tone because some brands run more yellow than others. Some yeah. run red, some run neutral. So I even need to know that too, and I need to know whether you want high end or whether you want drugstore. True. You know, right. those, all those questions matter when it comes down to product recommendations. So it's something for everybody that's listening to keep in mind when they do ask me 
or any other blogger, you know, hey, what's a good, I need to know those things. I need to know skin type. I need to know skin tone. And I need to know your budget. Yeah, and thanks to um, Texas Hummingbird out of Houston. Hey, girl, she did my makeup, um, I think it was maybe two years ago, I, I think, when I was out in Houston. And um, she was able to tell me what my my skin, my under, my skin undertones were. She said it was yellow. Um, but, yeah, she's a great makeup artist out there, too. So I was wanted, wanted to shout her out. But with what Kay and April are seeing right now, in the future, for those who are listening, if you do have more in-depth questions about, you know, makeup or whatever else, and you want to ask the question, you can also ask more deep, you know, in-depth questions, or even send pictures if you want to. Yeah, to our send e- a to picture. Our, yeah, to our email, um, which is Mel Rich Beauty, M E L R I. Wait, am I saying it right, Mel? <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus. R I C H B E A U T Y at gmail dot com. And you can send in, you know, more detailed questions there, or you can use the hashtag um, #MelRichBeauty to ask, you know, whatever beauty or skincare questions that you do have. And I encourage you guys to do so. Um, and they said, if you have, especially if you have questions about makeup and stuff, make sure to, you know, send a picture, give us, you know, your skin t- skin um, type, your skin tone, your undertone, and I mean, be as detailed as possible because the more information you give helps us be able to answer you better and more accurately. Right. So, that you may not be. know, and that's okay. You, like, right. you may not know your undertone, but at least give us as much, as much information as possible, and that'll just help us be able to, you know, without so much back and forth, you know. Right. Okay, so what's your skin type and what's your... And then as far as, like, what she was saying with, you know, some foundations tend to have um, focus more on one undertone, and then some foundations may not even have your color, unfortunately. Because so, I know a lot, I, um, this past winter I was using um, the Laura Mercier, the Tinted Moisturizer a lot, and I would have a lot of darker complected women asking me what I was wearing, and it kind of defeated the purpose for me to tell them because I literally was the darkest shade they carried. So, right. I mean, you we run into that issue, unfortunately. Yeah, Rimmel is another offender. Um, Neutrogena, even Most though I BB think Most BB creams and Tinted Moisturizers, they don't even... Right. I guess they don't know. I don't. I guess they think that w- black women don't really care to wear BB cream, but we do. I mean, because we yeah, not cause everybody wants to wear a foundation. Sometimes people just I, want something lighter. The last one I used, I mixed with like a a drop well, of I've, foundation I've, I've so that it would match my skin. <laughs> they do like not make. I've said it before, and I don't have a problem saying it again. BB cream is not for us. BB cream was Sadly. was originally conceived to lighten the skin it's it's a it's an asian thing and they were using it so that they could be protected by the sun and it give them that white cast that they were looking for because some asian women i assume run yellow and they wanted their skin to look white because you know historically it has to do with class Mm. and bb creams ended up coming to the united states what two three years ago yeah and while i do like them the 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 BB creams that you see in the store from Maybelline and L'Oreal, they're just glorified tinted moisturizers. And as a matter of fact, you can go now. Once upon a time, you could go in the store and you could pick up the CoverGirl tinted moisturizer and the CoverGirl BB cream, and it has the exact same ingredients. They just 
changed over the name from tenant moisturizer to BB cream. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just a that's all it really is. Yeah. Tenant moisturizers I like. I don't own actually any BB creams, but if you want something lighter, then yeah, but unfortunately, you may run into that issue of it not running in your face. It really needs yeah. to be addressed, like, on and a grand a few, scale. a few brands. Like, honestly, I wish some of the bigger, the bigger I, women in makeup I think I've had my that. beef with it. I, I really want it to be, like, I really want it to be, like, really addressed, like, to the company's faces. Like, this is ridiculous, but... Hmm. Yeah, I, I, whenever I want to tend my moisturize, I just use my face butter with a drop of foundation and call it a day because <laughs> I'm not See, trying to... You shouldn't even have to be like that, you know? If you want to use a tinted you know, moisturizer, it, it you should, should be able to go to a store and be able to buy a tinted moisturizer. It's just like really like, just so offensive that, you know, it's just like, oh, well, we actually don't even make your shade like at all. It's just mm -hmm. like, well, okay, well. Because I had to do the same thing with, even with my baby cream. My baby, the darkest one they had was still too light. And like I said, I'm not like I'm dark skin, but I'm there's way more darker people out there than me. So if I can barely find anything in you know with BB creams or whatever, I know other women darker than me aren't finding anything. So that's At just the, that's just the current reality that we live in. Even though you know black women contribute so much money to this industry, and that's how we're still being treated. So yeah. that's, that's where we're at. But that concludes, unless any one of you guys had anything else to No, no, for me. Okay. Um, that attributes the ending of the question and answer segment. And our last segment basically is the melanin-rich spotlight. And basically this part, this portion, we're just spotlighting um, important things or or women that we know of that are doing, you know, great things or, you know, putting them on, whether businesses, whether, um, you know, they're starting something new or programs or whatever, just something good that, you know, black women out here are doing. And for, since it's our first episode, I figured why not? spotlight ourselves. Um, each of us have, you know, different things outside of the podcast that we're each doing. So I'm going to let, I guess, April go first and let her tell you guys, you know, give her a little bit more insight on who she is, what she does, and everything else. April's think her mute is on. Oh, is she muted? Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to just let Kay go first then. Okay, well, um, I'm Kay. Um, Kaylar Will on um, YouTube and Twitter, Kaylar.Will on Instagram. Um, I started with beauty blogging, um, and then I kind of moved more into um, videos just because I found that as a makeup artist, it would be more helpful for women to actually see what I was doing. Um, but I've actually heard um, the complaints and, you know, just some reviews from, um, you know, my peers who are just now starting to make up and that was that, you know, it just wasn't enough. Not necessarily for me, just in the makeup wear period, like we talked about earlier. YouTube just sometimes doesn't doesn't really get down um, to the basics. And so I am going to start doing online makeup classes. So if you follow me on Twitter, Kaylar Will, 
Um, I will um, let you guys know when that's going to start. I want to say in the next few weeks, and I'm also going to be doing a giveaway, um, a $250 Sephora gift card. But whoever wins, I want you to hold on to it until I do the, the online makeup class. So like we said, you don't end up buying products that you don't necessarily need unless you already know what works for you at Sephora. Um, so yeah, just doing YouTube and starting my online makeup classes and doing this podcast, that's basically what's going on for me right now. And I am a freelance makeup artist in New York, so that is what I do um, majority of the time. So I look forward to answering all you guys' questions and getting closer to the listeners. And hopefully you guys really find this informational, um, but I think you'll love it because we have some great topics for you guys. Okay, awesome. I, I'm gonna go. I guess I'll go next since I'm sure April will be back in a minute. Um, so this is Mercedes. Um, I own and run Ixora Botanical Beauty. Um, you can basically find um anything about my brand if you look up I X O R A B B. Um, that's my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook, my Gmail. I mean, everything is under Ixora BB. Um, <clears throat> I started my business back in 2012, and I basically sell natural skincare products. Um, I'm getting ready to you know, do a lot of newer things coming up in the next couple of months in regards to my business, and I'm a little like, really excited about it. I can't wait to kind of you know give you guys more information um, as it comes along. But yeah, this is my baby. This is my passion, and you know, I sell everything from natural body butters to scrubs, lip balms, body wash, um, pretty much a little bit of everything. And I sell for men, women, and kids. So you know, if you're looking for products that are natural and you're trying to go that route, or you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter. Like I said, at Exora BB, and I'm always. Or you can email me at ex, um, Mercedes at ExoraBB.com. Um, I'm always checking my emails, so I can. I'm always there to answer questions if you need it. And yeah, I'm here to help with any natural or any skincare products or or even uh, natural hair questions that you guys have as well. So I'm kind of looking forward to see how um, much more we can help you guys on this podcast. And now we have April, who she can now tell you about herself and her background. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay, great. Uh, my name is April, and I am a beauty blogger. I've been blogging for five years. I'm also a contributing editor on Mode Stories, and I'm, I'm a freelance writer for Coupons.com and Payless.com, and you can find me everywhere under the handle Glittery Glossy. Hmm. Awesome. Okay, so that is a little bit about, you know, all three of us, and I'm sure as time goes by, you're going to learn new things because we never remember everything at the time that we need to. So, um, yeah, so this is basically all we're going to be covering on this podcast, and we look forward to hearing feedback from you guys. Um Please, if you love the podcast or if you have any suggestions, you can go ahead and um, 
subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, you can leave comments. You can leave reviews, five stars if you really love us. And, you know, we'll probably read the reviews um, whenever we get them on the podcast. And, you know, we appreciate the support. You know, we would love to, you know, continue to help, you know, fellow black women out here um, with this podcast because we realized that there was a there was a need for it and nobody else was out here, you know, doing podcasts and beauty. There was podcasts for everything else, but we I really wasn't seeing anything, you know, in the beauty department. So, you know, I hope we got we can help you guys and, you know, assist you in any other questions that you guys have. So hope to see you guys on the next podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.